Today on the We Invested podcast, we have Tony Stewart, a financial preparedness advocate, podcaster, and award-winning author. Tony, how are you doing today? Doing well, Wesley. Uh, thanks for having me on. Glad to be here today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining. And before we get started, would you mind letting the people know how they can find you on the internet, whether it's your social media accounts or your website? Yeah, definitely. Uh, best place to find me is uh, LinkedIn. Pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also find me on my website, uh, TonyStewart.com. Awesome. Awesome. So let's just start from the top, man, and talk a little bit about, you know, where you're from and where you grew up. All right. Well, uh, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, and that's where I grew up. Um, and sort of, you know, my journey took me, I, I actually majored in finance in college. So I actually had something in college that has something to do with <laughs> what I actually do in real life. And so, you know, I, I journeyed from starting in insurance sales to uh, quickly becoming a fee-based insurance consultant. Uh, and I work predominantly with uh, financial planners, trust officers, uh, attorneys, did some work with the California Department of Insurance on their curriculum board. And what I found was that people didn't really understand the products they were buying. And oftentimes the people in the industry didn't really understand the products much better that they were selling. And so there was a, a, a real mismatch and a need for education, but to sort of translate financial services for people. So that got me into what I'm doing right now. Absolutely. No, and I think that's a great, um, you know, a great perspective to have. It's like you you look at your industry, you look at your your um, your niche or your market, and then you were able to identify like a problem that needed to be solved. There was like a disconnect between the industry and then the clients or the customers. And so you were able to step in and like bridge that gap and help people understand or help simplify these different financial services and financial products that these companies offer. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I decided that my approach would be one that kind of fit everybody into it rather than some consumer advocates that I've met who, you know, pretty much attack the insurance industry rather than trying to work proactively and collaboratively with the industry that I figure, you know, it's not, you know, there, there are definitely some bad actors in the financial service community, but the most, most of it is communication. You know, the financial service professionals aren't taught how to do certain things, or they're not taught how to communicate. They're experts at understanding, you know, like how to diversify a portfolio or do investment allocation, but they don't really know how to have the conversations with people to really understand what people are looking for, because they're like, this is a product I'm trained to sell. The client asked me about the product, so I'm going to educate them about the product. Absolutely. Um, you know, and just kind of doing doing my research and doing my homework on you, I, um, you know, discovered that you are a financial prepared, financial preparedness advocate, which this is like one of my first time hearing that term, but I like that term and it, and it, it, uh, it makes sense to me, but how would you define, uh, you know, a financial prepared preparedness advocate? Well, I, I think the term preparedness resonated with me more than uh, financial literacy because I feel financial literacy is super important, but literacy is just 
one component. Literacy is, you know, of course, understanding what something is, but preparedness takes it to another measure. Preparedness is where you're actually taking an action to put that literacy into practice. And that's what I felt was really needed is that we needed to teach people how to be prepared for a financial situation. And what that is for me is asking the right questions. Like if we're going to play chess, you and I are going to play chess. The first thing we're going to do is read the rules. I mean, assuming you and I don't know how to play chess, you know, so, but we don't do that with the financial services world is, you know, we just expect people to like, Hey, know which insurance policy to buy, but we don't explain the rules of the game. And so I think that's the preparedness is understanding you know, what it is you're trying to do and how to do it. Absolutely. It's a great perspective, man. Just being able to peel back like an additional layer um, and provide like a, a deeper understanding uh, as well as like the execution of the content or, or the education that you're providing to your clients. That's incredible. I mean, in one of the ways or or one of one of the many um, outlets that you provide um, financial education and, and financial preparedness is through writing books, which you've written quite a few. Um, but your newest book is The Get Ready Blueprint a 52 week guide to changing the way you think about money. Um, you know, and I want to understand what was the vision or what was your idea um, when you were creating and writing this book? Yeah, well, it, it's second in a series of books. Um, the first get ready book was about sort of organizing your finances is because one of the things I noticed when I worked with other advisors is that clients oftentimes didn't have all their financial documents and they oftentimes didn't really know what they had or even where it was. And then, you know, that, that was even true. Um, like when my mom passed away is, you know, we didn't know where all our financial documents were. Um, you know, I thought my sister was taking care of it. She wasn't taking care of it. Uh, you know, laying my sister out here under the bus on a podcast course. Uh, great, great idea. Um, but you know, that, you know, but it was the organization, but then I found that people were having a hard time putting it into practice. And so I needed to come up with a way to help them take small action items. And then it struck me that it's really about habits. It's about asking the right questions, establishing healthy financial habits, which includes taking small weekly action items is, you know, often in the financial services world, if you go see a financial planner, you have a quarterly meeting with them, let's say, and a financial planner usually has a list of 20 or 30 things that they go through with the client. And then most of those items don't get attended to because it's just too much. So I wanted to break that down for people so that they could say, okay, each week I have a 30 minute financial action item. You know, one of the action items might be review the beneficiaries on your life insurance policy and your 401k. Like, you know, people don't review the beneficiaries on their retirement plans. You know, they don't even know sometimes they have beneficiaries on their retirement plans. And so, you know, maybe an ex-spouse who's a beneficiary or, you know, they haven't added one of their kids who was born after they enrolled in the 401k plan. So I wanted to make it something easy for people where they could start to build a habit of looking at their money on a regular basis rather than once a year or once a quarter. So that was the vision behind it. Absolutely. 
And what was this process like for you? Uh, because it's not an easy task to like write a book and let alone like a series of books. So what was that process like and how did you tackle uh, this this like task? Well, for, for this latest book is, you know, it, it, it was about the hardest part was thinking about the flow for people is how could I make it easier for people and how could I use language that people actually use every day in their lives. I mean, that's part of the problem with the financial service community is we expect people to learn our language, you know, like deductible, you know, investment allocation, you know, risk tolerance, you know, all this stuff. And people are like, I don't know, you know, or they forget from one meeting to another, you know, or what I would find in my practice was somebody bought an insurance policy 10 years ago and you go, okay, do you know what kind of coverage you have? They're like, well, you know, I'm not sure. I remember the agent said something about there being a cash value. And I don't know, you know, I, it's going to pay a benefit when my wife dies. I mean, when I die, you know, my wife will get some money and that's it. So I had to think about like, okay, well, how could I really break it down? Like what you and I were talking about is to help people understand the rules of the game. So to get back to that beneficiary uh, examples, like, okay, well, here's what a beneficiary is here's where you find it, here's how you change it. So it doesn't replace a financial planner. It, su it, it supplements what a financial planner does because, you know, it, it takes a client to a certain point, the user to a certain point where they go, okay, well, now I got to talk to my financial planner or I need to talk to my HR person or I need to talk to my accountant to see if there's going to be a tax issue. Um, you know, so I want to get people something that was that base layer to sort of bridge you know before they see an advisor and in between different advisors because that's the other part of the thing is that communication gap between um let's say a financial planner and an insurance agent you know financial planner will assume that the insurance agent is talking about certain coverages you know the insurance agent assumes that the financial planner knows something and there's not the communication and so things fall through the gaps. That's the other thing I was trying to address is like, okay, helping people understand like, hey, I've got a gap here and this is what I need to do to fill the gap. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, you've been keeping um, the name going with the Get Ready series, but, you know, which I think is a a, a, um, a great name, by the way, or a, a great series name. But what is the Get Ready method? that you've created. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the get method is essentially a way for people to be empowered, to take control of their money themselves. Um, so it's like the old adage, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man how to fish, you feed him for life. And, you know, so it's a series of eight habits that people can use in all areas of their financial life, but it puts them in control, but it also makes them an informed client, which makes it easier for the various professionals that they deal with is because the clients are more prepared for the meetings. The clients are more part of the conversations. So they're getting the right products. And so they're not mad at the financial planner 10 years from now or the insurance agent and say, hey, you sold me the wrong thing. What's well, like the onus goes with them because they can be an informed consumer. Um, 
So I don't know. Do you, do you want me to go through the eight habits real quick? Talk about them a little bit. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So you know, like the G is for goals, and it's about thinking about goals first rather than product. So Bitcoin is like a really good example here. It is like the conversation was like, is Bitcoin good or bad for me? And so people were evaluating it, you know, essentially in a vacuum rather than saying, okay, well, this is my goal. I want to be financially independent at age 50. Is Bitcoin the right tool to help me reach my goal? And I think flipping that question helps advisors place the right uh, product with their client and clients know what type of product that they're looking for. It's like, you know, for example, if you go to the doctor and, you know, the doctor's not going to walk in and say, hey, you need knee surgery. Right. They're going to ask you some questions and then, you know, they may recommend knee surgery or they'll recommend, you know, like LASIK if it's your eyes that are bothering you. But the financial <laughs> services approach is like, hey, I got, I'm selling knee surgery. You know, let's see if knee surgery is the right product for you. And, and you know, so it's, I'm trying to flip that conversation. And once people do that, I think that's more helpful. E is for education, you know, understand what you're buying, you know, ask questions learn something. If you don't understand something, walk away from it. And then I kind of go through with other things about thinking, understanding your mindset is, um, you know, we'll have uh, money stories about how we grew up. So if we saw our parents struggling to pay the bills, or we saw them arguing about money, you know, that's going to impact how we feel about money. It might impact how we feel about debt. It might impact how we feel about our spending. Like, hey, we don't have enough money because we don't want to end up it, you know, on food stamps or what, whatever the case might be. Um, so that all impacts how we think about it. So I think mindset is super important. And then, you know, yearly review is super important. That's the other thing is people set and forget so many of their financial services and products, and they don't go back and review them. Things change, your products change, your life changes. You have to go back and review them. So I think that was one of the big things that was missing. And that's the thing with the get ready method at the end of the 52 weeks you just repeat and start over so you go back and review everything and if you miss something in one year it's not a big deal because you're going to go back and review it the following year absolutely. that's essentially how it works absolutely and it, it seems like you laid out a, a you know very easy game plan for people to understand as well as follow and implement into their their lives into their financial lives yeah, and, and that was the goal, is that I wanted to, to give something people to take control because that was a thing that I so often saw is, you know, especially like uh, with a lot of abuse cases, is the clients didn't even know what questions to ask. There were, to me, there were warning signs, you know, where I could say, okay, well, this is a red flag, but the clients don't really even know enough to spot those red flags. But if they're in control and they're thinking more about, you know, like what problem am I trying to solve? Is this the right product? Am I asking questions? Do I fully understand it? Have I looked at the details of how it works? Then hopefully it will also help with uh, financial abuse cases as well. But it really helps with market fit so you can avoid litigation, you know, or clients who aren't happy because they got the wrong product or service. You know, because they were really part of the conversation and they were a knowing partner. Absolutely. Where can people go to purchase 
uh, a copy of your latest book? Uh, they can purchase it on Amazon or any online uh, bookseller. I want to give a shout out to bookshop.org, uh, which is a place you can buy. Bookshop.org supports independent local bookstores. The percentage of every sale goes back to independent bookstores. So if you like a bookstore in your neighborhood, check out bookshop.org. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, a different uh, medium or outlet that you um, use and utilize to reach potential clients and and to help others is podcasting um which we talked about briefly before we started the interview or before we started recording but you know what what would you say are what is the name of your podcast so people can find it and check it out and then what what would you say are some of the benefits that you've seen from the world of podcasting i i love podcasting is um you know for me it's a chance to be curious and find out from really smart people what they're thinking um, and help them share their ideas and insights. Uh, the name of the podcast is the Get Ready Money Podcast. And it's on all the major uh, podcast platforms. And if you like video format, it's up on YouTube. Um, so the theme of my podcast is talk, to talk with people who are changing the way we think about money. So I tried to talk to a really diverse group of people. So not only even sometimes, you know, uh, like financial planners, I might talk to, you know, the founder of a fintech company, or I've had on a marriage coach, because, you know, like finances are one of the biggest stressors in a marriage. We don't really talk about that. You know, financial planners aren't, you know, are taught, and it's way outside their spectrum to be marriage counselors. But it's super important for people to understand how money is a stressor in their relationship. So that's that's really what I want to do with a podcast is to expose people to different ways to think about their money um, so that they can make better money choices. Absolutely. And I, you know, I really admire because I know how, how difficult it is to like run a podcast and make sure it's on these different platforms and then get it uploaded to YouTube and then, you know, write your books and have your website. It's a lot to, to juggle and to manage, but why was it important for you to, to, um, you know, start podcasting and get it on YouTube and like, just utilize these different platforms. Like, like when did you notice like, okay, this is what I need to implement in my business. Well, fortunately I had a friend who got me started on all of it. You know, he he put up the podcast on a platform. Uh, you know, I'll give him a shout out. Shout out to Nick Lamparelli at Insurance Nerds, who got me started and pretty much did all the lifting for, for the first six months. Um, but, you know, I think that's it. If you're interested in podcasting is find somebody else who's doing it, you know, and ask them what's working for them. And, uh, you know, that that's where I took it is, you know, that Nick led me through it and you know, what would be successful. So that, that's really what worked for me. Absolutely. And so, you know, at this point in your career, you've been in the financial industry, you, you, uh, you know, you went to school for this, you've, you've been studying this for decades. What role does networking um, play for you at this point in your career? Networking is super important. You know, it, it's always about who you know is, you know, if you have a good network, you have somebody you can call when you have a question. Um, you know, as long as I've been in this industry, there's still so much I don't know anything about. Or I, 
I know just enough to be dangerous. But if you have a good network, you know who you can call to talk you know, about something. Like I have a friend who specializes in long-term care insurance. I probably have six people in my network who are long-term care insurance specialists. So I, if I had a question about long-term care insurance policy or about you know, whatever the industry, I have somebody that I can call and pick their brains and in the same way they can pick, you know, they can call me and pick my brain. So, you know, that's where I see networking being super effective is it's a place to share ideas. Uh, but to be an effective networker to me is being open to giving to others and offering to help. You know, that, that that's the way to be an effective network is to offer to help. I, I don't know what works for you. That was a question. You said what worked for me? Yeah. Sorry, asking you a question on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Nah, so what worked for me is, is I agree with what you're saying. Like you have to like be that resource. So I feel like the more you give, like the more information you give for free or um, the more helpful you try to be, the more that people are willing to then in turn help you and give you information and like different tips and nuggets that can help propel and move you forward so networking has played um you know like a, a huge role in my life and also just like being able to listen to like being able to be just a, a active listener like sometimes you don't even have to actually do anything or like you know what i'm saying like you, you just have to be that listening ear for people so just just being there in ways that people need you and it could be beneficial but like not just doing things just for the benefit but like truly being genuine about it too at the same time you know yeah I, I mean for me that's it is i'm curious about people and i'm curious about things that's why I have my podcast is i'm curious about people and i get to have like really interesting people on and i get to ask some questions and learn from them and you know in networking it's the same thing you know i try to network with interesting people um you know to learn things so absolutely and, and absolutely gotta be curious yeah, you have to be. You have to be. So what would you say are some like, you know, roadblocks or lessons that you've learned throughout your journey as like an entrepreneur or throughout your financial services industry career? Um, I, I think they're always individual. For me, it's been marketing. Um, one of the things I struggled with as an entrepreneur was knowing my value. That's that's the thing I think we all struggle with, like, are we worth the hourly rate? Now, there's some people, of course, will charge, you know, like huge sums, uh, you know, and have no hesitation about it. But, you know, I know so many others of us who are like, gosh, you know, can I charge this much per hour? Am I worth it? Yeah. You know, so it's kind of that imposter syndrome yeah. is what some people call it. And so it's like, I think for people, it's to know your worth. I know like with women, women are still paid 80 cents on the dollar. Um, I had a woman on my podcast who's a black CFP and she told me that black women are paid 60 cents on a dollar for the exact same work that a white male does. So I, I think it's important to know your worth and to be able to get to it. And that, that was one of my big struggles is to know my value and to ask for it. And for other people, you know, if you're a person of color or if you're a woman, you know, it's it's even worse, but you have to know your value and to to step up and ask for it because nobody's going to give it to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And what does the future of the Get Ready series look like to you? 
Well, so the future of it is just to hopefully help more people adopt it is um, I have a Get Ready Insider program where people can support it. They can get like expanded weekly information. Uh, but I'm working on a club leader kit that should be out, you know, next month or two. And so people can use it with their, you know, advisors can use it with their clients, insurance agents can use it with their clients, people can get together and use it like a book club. But the idea is that it sparks a conversation about a monthly focus area, you know, where they can do it themselves. You know, the whole key is to empower people and to reach people like, you know, we're talking about financial planners, but there's only 36,000 CFPs in the United States. Mm. And, and actually some of those CFPs aren't even in the U.S. So, you know, you have all these people for what, 300 million people in the U.S., you know, 180 right. million adults. They're, most people are never going to sit down with a CFP. And, you know, they're getting their financial advice from TikTok. And that's not always the best <laughs> advice. So, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's to help people spark conversations. That, that's what I really want to do. That's my mission. Absolutely. Well, Tony, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, me as well, Leslie. Thanks for having me on today and uh, allowing me to share my insights with your audience. Absolutely.